Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. All of the days had begun to blend together into an indistinguishable chrono on the grayscale. Stagnation was the word in the lifeless streets that fell on deaf ears. Empty parks, boardwalks, and shopping malls wait patiently with us for a return to normalcy, for what was. Everything is holding their breath for the moment where it will seem okay again. They're clawing so desperately at the bars of the cage of their own choosing. What's beyond those bars? Life is outside of those bars. Many of them will be allowed to return to the comfort of another bar, inhaling a cigarette as many of them would revel together in the sun and the first breath of fresh air. But there were some of the many who took their last alone in an incapacitated moment of breathlessness. But for now we are alone, and we can easily forget those who we do not see, for now that number is many. While we collectively hold our breath, covering in fear, don't let these words fall on deaf ears. The parks, boardwalks, and shopping malls will be there ad astra per aspera, per let the many be as great without seeing the few as acceptable. This is a battle of attrition that we should be willing to fight. We are not looking for a swift but pyrrhic victory. We are looking for vaccination over defeat. Fuck COVID-19. Grab your floaties, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you got your noses plugged because this is the flood. I am Doc. And this is Ziggy. And I hope you guys got the gist of what my man Zig was putting down just now because... Today, we're going to talk about some things. Yeah, we're going to talk about some things. So, basically, I started writing that. I was outside, and I just got hit by the line of um, the days blending together. Because I told you, this, this whole thing started to affect me a lot more than I thought prior. And how all of the days started to blend together. And it makes me think of, like, painting. And, you know, you just take all these colors, and if you start blending them, you just end up with, like, brown and uh, <laughs> the play on words between chroma for color and chrono for time, it just seemed fitting. And from there, I started writing. And it's it was heavy, man. And I mean, this whole thing is heavy. And I, and I feel you because I think everybody's starting to feel the same way you are. That, like, that was super cryptic, by the way. Um, I, I think it, it was eloquently put. It was almost written to be read. It almost felt like. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, like almost like Shakespeare in that regard, where if you read Shakespeare, it's kind of like it doesn't make any sense. But if you watch it acted, even if you don't know exactly what they're saying, you know what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the beauty of Shakespeare. You know, you could once reading it was one thing, but seeing it acted the way it was meant to be, like actually recited and everything like that, helps really bring the stage to life. Yeah, and this whole sense of stasis that we're in. Yeah, it's exactly. We're waiting for any single sign of a return to normalcy, and this of is relief. People just want some kind of sign that things will return to something resembling normal. Well, the nice thing is, is we have one. Do we? We do. So I know we talk a lot about basketball on here, and mm-hmm. I know by we I mean me. Um, <laughs> I would like to point out. Not from a basketball perspective, but from a sociological perspective. The NBA is going to be resuming in July uh, with all of the teams and ancillary parties between, like, uh, staff and families are going to be 
uh, quarantined in like a campus type atmosphere. Yes, that's what I'm seeing at here. Disney World. Yep. Um, so they can finish the season. And I mean, Disney World is clearly built to support a lot more than the 450 players plus staff, which oh yeah, and I mean, family. I could probably say at most 3,000 people. Walt built that joint to be like a small city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like so, they could definitely. They definitely have the infrastructure to support NBA games. and maybe, they already have the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex yeah. down there. Yep, and they may even have the infrastructure to support small COVID-regulated crowds. And the other thing is, let's be real here, the money at stake, they will build the infrastructure yeah. to make sure that they have these games going. Yeah, because Disney's got to recuperate some of their lost profit from this whole thing, too. I mean, LeBron I, James needs to try to go for his championship. This Axios article I'm reading says that all of this information is coming from a pretty well-respected source. Um, it also makes a lot of sense for the NBA to do it, considering they're partnered with ESPN, one of their major uh, two broadcasting networks. Yeah. So I mean, and, it's a partnership ooh. made. It's a. It's a it also allows Disney to kind of finesse and throw NBA games on Disney Plus. Which is a whole nother reason. I don't know about all that. I, it, I didn't say they have to exclusively stream on Disney Plus, but if Disney had rights to stream NBA games, they could easily spin that into more subscriptions mm. and maybe even upping the price of their monthly subscriptions. Because let's not forget, this is America, and no matter what is happening, somebody somewhere is profiting off of it. I guarantee you that. Well, the other thing is, I don't know if we're in a situation where people can, like, blatantly look like they're going for profit, because everybody else is on the downturn of money. Yeah, but we also exist in a time period now where we have advertisements specifically catered to people suffering from COVID-related I mean, problems. like I said, like... I get to wear my purple bandana, and that means I always have an excuse to wear my crazy-ass Kyrie Sixes. Yo, if I have to hear, in these unprecedented times, <laughs> one more time on the fucking radio, or in the middle of a YouTube video, where somebody is trying to sell me car insurance, <laughs> or fucking refinance my home mortgage. Or, like, cell phones. We can deliver. Yeah, yeah, everything. Everything now is, like, I literally saw a plumbing ad where I couldn't tell if it was a Tim and Eric sketch or not because, like, they were talking about following COVID restrictions and the, the, the plumber literally had a tape measure standing in the kitchen with the woman whose house he was supposed to be doing work in measuring six feet between the two of them. And, and I hate this world that we live in. It's awful. It's not the worst. But this is dumb apocalypse. Yeah, this is the dumb apocalypse. Dumb apocalypse now. <sighs> Kim Jong Un's not don't even dead. Get the napalm. Uh, I'm see we we joke, but I'm low key glad that we have a dumb apocalypse. Like I'm glad this isn't the way that the movies thought it was gonna be because where we all look up and there's a flash and that's it. Or we all are sitting normally and then the next thing you know there's a crowd running down the street and we can't tell who's a zombie and who's not. Like, By the way, what do you do when you see a crowd running down the street? Run. In run the, where? In the same direction. <laughs> Not, oh, we need to go see what's wrong. No, fuck that. You get to safety, and then you figure out what's wrong. Like, I why, need, I need why to do put we this have one to on still... there. So, you remember the, the classic Vine? Um, 
which one there's so right, many. So in in League of Legends, I have a list of, of rules that I follow every single Bring back Vine. Game. Every single game. <laughs> Rule seven is forget Billy, Billy's dead. <laughs> and if you remember the Vine... I don't know like, if I remember that one. It's, it's a guy, it's, it's a black guy in the woods, and he goes... Uh, oh, white people yeah. in horror movies be like, Billy, where are yeah, you, Billy? I do Black remember. people in horror movies be like, forget Billy, Billy's dead! Oh, god damn it. And Who basically the whole point is like, look, if you're fucked, I'm not gonna get myself killed. That's the truth. I mean, I can't, because I'm a family man, so I have people that I have to look you're out for. you a family for. guy. Family man. I'm a family man, and I have people that I have to look out for. But you know, pre-family, Shut pre-family up, doc, <laughs> pre-family doc was like, "Yo, you better get your feet beaten, cause I ain't got time to be stopping and pulling people up on my like. I'm not a fireman. I'm not about to fireman carry you." <laughs> you know, Mila Kunis. Um, you know, gorgeous, shout out to Mila Kunis. Gorgeous Mila Kunis. You know what she hears most often when she's walking down the street? Shut up, man. Shut up, man. <laughs> God damn, man. God damn. Not like, hey, Jackie, or like, oh my god, Mila Kunis. It's right. shut up, Meg. God damn. God damn. That's like, fucking, it just makes me think of I being think that's kind of cool. Like, you're not going to no. really bother a celebrity. You're just like, oh, it's a celebrity. Shut up, Meg. But if you're a celebrity who's sitting down having dinner with their family and a bunch of people walk up, it's just like Dave Chappelle. Well, keep in mind, it's this just is, like her Dave. family is Ashton Kutcher. Fair, but it's just like Dave Chappelle when he was like, you know, after the Rick James sketch, he couldn't go to the fucking mall without people walking up and being like, I'm Rick James, bitch! Like, when you're with your kids and you're shopping, you don't want everybody to walk up to you. And then in the middle of nowhere one day, you at home trying to tell your kids to do homework, and they just look at you and they're like, shut up, daddy, I'm Rick James, bitch! You know, it's actually just in the recent couple of years started to sink in that, like, celebrities are a lot more real people than I thought. Like, I thought that they would just be, like, getting everything catered, all of their are in limousines. I mean, and, like, most, you watch most of them are. Like, we're going, you know, into, like, convenience stores and stuff like that, and I'm like... It's, I don't see John Mulaney rolling around everywhere in a limousine. But John Mulaney is not a celebrity celebrity yet, though. Like, he's not Kevin Hart status. Or, like, Aziz Ansari. Aziz probably was there, and then he got himself canceled. So it's like... He did? Yeah, man. You didn't hear about the whole date scandal thing that happened with him? Apparently, it turns out he's super pushy, and, you know, girls, women, women don't like that. No. Women don't like the whole, I took you out on a date, so I deserve sex thing. And it turns out Aziz is one of those kinds of guys. We've all been that guy at one point or another because we've all been super thirsty before, but it's a new day and age, and we gotta lo- learn. I actually we gotta a, grow. Uh, when I was working at the casino, I was working with this guy, and he, all the cocktail waitresses, he would just be like, talk, 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 talk. So on Valentine's Day, I got him a, uh, a big-ass bottle of Gatorade, and I left it on his desk, and it said, Happy Valentine's Day from your secret admirer. I hope you're thirsty. Woo! Woo! Dog. Uh, did he ever find out it was you? No. Uh, <laughs> I bet you he was heated for the rest of the day, and just walking around angry, not telling nobody why. No, I'm fucking, I'll get the fucking trays. <laughs> Yeah, I could be a savage. Hey. Hey. I mean, savage would have been handing him the bottle <laughs> yourself. But 
the note was still pretty. The burn, the burn was still pretty significant. Mm-hmm. There's a trip to the ER right there. Well, I think it's actually, if you think about it, it's probably more tilting that it's from a secret admirer. Possibly, possibly. But I even typed it up so he couldn't pick oof, my handwriting out. Oof. God, you should have cut the letters out from magazine. <laughs> Wash. Do people even still get that reference? That's one of the things I'm always afraid about when we do this shit, is I'm gonna make references that nobody gets anymore because apparently we can't remember anything older than two years. Like, Well, no, I mean, like, we've made some really... To correctly use the word, esoteric references. I was gonna say washed. <laughs> we've made some real washed references. That, that too. But, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not ashamed. But, you know, that's one of the cool things about the internet is it's found a way to keep uh, previous culture almost evergreen now. Kind of, but it's also... Like, I feel bad for people that never watched original Spongebob, because I just feel like they're handicapped when it comes to understanding the internet. Or just the the appreciation that came with those things because of the way they were handed to us. Like, now, a whole season of a show is there that night, and you can watch it entirely that night. So, have you noticed the shows that have been personally, that have been actively delaying them are getting much more hype and traction, though? Yeah. The be- Last Dance, yeah. the, the Jordan documentary. I mean, there are a couple shows on Netflix that are being released like, are being released like that. And Hulu does it a lot. Like the Wu-Tang, uh, American Saga Wu-Tang, yeah. they did weekly. Yep, and it, it makes... For, I think, a greater viewing audience, it makes for more return value. Because, like I said, when you can binge watch something in an entire night versus having to build anticipation for it, I mean, yeah, you you watch something in a week and then you're done talking about it two weeks after that. Whereas you can, if you drop something weekly, you can draw out the Yeah, but and occasionally you have something that happens in an instant. And it drags on forever. Yeah. Let me tell you a little something that happened recently. The internet is good for that. A little something that happened recently. You ever heard of a dude, um, Joe Biden? Ooh. Ooh. Something that can happen in an instant that lasts forever? All right, let me put it to you that everybody else should know this. What is, during the week, what's trending between the hours of 6 and 8 in the morning? The news? From what source? The Breakfast Club! <laughs> With Charlemagne the God! Yo, 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 DJ Envy! Angelie! Whew, man, yeah. It, it, are they. Are he they... was dumb enough to go on The Breakfast Club. And he said. Why is it that. Do we even I... need to say what he said? And my man. No, we'll get into it, but I have a question. Because my man Bernie was guilty of this too. Why is it when white politicians go on black shows like The Breakfast Club, Jesus and Mero, uh, what I was gonna say The View, but not The View, but like the talk and stuff like that. Maybe I'm getting that one wrong too, but why is it they can't act right? Fucking Question. Hillary. Question. Pulled hot sauce out of her purse. You remember that? Yeah. Now here's, here's a, I wanna throw a foil. What makes me interacting with you different than them interacting with, like, The Breakfast Club or with anything else? The same reason... This is actually a very relevant question. I mean, it's... This is is an important question. We talk about it pretty regularly on this podcast, and it's the same reason why... We more explicitly can state it here, though. Eminem 
was able to coast throughout hip hop even though he was unapologetically himself. No code switching. Stop code switching. Stop making people code switch. You don't have to go on the breakfast club and pull fucking hot sauce out of your purse or do the nay-nay or hit the folks. You don't have to do any of that shit. Joe Biden, like, you go on... Like, I would say... You go on black media. I would say the difference is... Okay, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Incorporate... Like, I, I have actively tried to learn and understand and understand and appreciate the culture because there is a difference between learning the culture to manipulate the people and learning the culture to appreciate and understand the people like i can say things like mm, the cookout and not get an eyebrow raise yeah because you're not saying the cookout <laughs> like yeah you, you get to an extent you get the relevancy of the, one of the things I've learned, the subject you're speaking, is that about. I'm able to keep up. Like, all right, so there is a particular word that I can't say, but to keep up with like the flow of the conversation, I've learned over the years, and I don't even do it consciously anymore. I just say dog. Yeah, I was getting ready to say or bro. Bro works perfectly fine. Like, like you don't. We talked about like this if already. you take context matters and you replace the word dog with the other word yeah it it it, it sounds like something you flows, would say yeah it still flows freely and it's not hard and people just need to accept that fact like like i said you can't call everybody a dumbass but you can call your best friend a dumbass basically like, here's a good way to describe it somebody like me can just walk why? into the can just walk into the cookout where somebody like joe biden or hillary are like knock 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 <laughs> And you know they're definitely knocking like the police. Like even Hillary is knocking like the police. Son. No, she's she's knocking three times and then taking a step back from the door. Son, I just don't get how you holding feel. a broccoli casserole with cranberries in it. Ooh, ew. Oh God. Yeah, probably. Probably. Don't do that, people. Stop adding unnecessary things to recipes that you plan on feeding to other people. So this brings us into another point that I wanted to talk about. If we're talking about the cookout and we're talking about, like, you know, awkward white people, we've also mentioned clear people. Listen, it's a man's game. And you can't play. What if I tried really hard? Can you keep it down? I'm trying to hit this ball. It's because I'm white, isn't it? No. Larry's white, so what? Larry's not white. Larry's clear. What makes a clear person? Somebody who understands the value in not code switching. I also would like to add that it is someone, no matter what sphere of society they're in, they can basically do nothing wrong and everybody's still going to love them. Mm, Okay. I would add somebody who is unapologetically themselves without being aggressive about. Okay, so I want to give an example of a clear person. Not Joe Biden. Not Joe Biden. Snoop Dogg is a clear person. Mm, Okay, yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, clear person. I can't imagine anybody of any type that has a problem with Snoop Dogg. No, no. I can't imagine anybody that has a problem with Tom Hanks. (laughs) Those are perfect examples of clear people. You know who's not a perfect example of a clear person? Scarlett Johansson? Ooh, 
I was going to say somebody who would go on a nationally syndicated black media radio show and suggest that if said specified race does not vote for them, then they lose their black card. You know who can't take away somebody's black card? A white guy? A white guy, Joe Biden. Like, come the fuck, how the fuck? (sighs) Joe Biden is the kind of person who makes sure his black friend is front and center every time he goes anywhere near the inner city. (laughs) Joe Biden has literally used the my black friend card this entire race this entire primary race he has been like but my black friend i love how you're using race and not campaign Mm. (laughs) but my black friend though but my black friend though remember my black friend hey guys you know who thought i was cool doc you racist fuck (laughs) (laughs) son it's just it is absurd and no matter how many times we tell joe biden about his fucking gaffes it's like I'm still gonna make them, and that's why you love me because I'm Joe and I'm unapologetic, authentic. <laughs> I hope y'all like the trailer we just dropped. <laughs> Son, I cannot with this shit. And it's like, I saw a meme that said Bernie Sanders is like the guy in an apocalypse movie whose hair is all messy and his papers are falling all over the place and nobody listens to him about the calamity that's getting ready to happen because yep. his hair is messy and is falling all over the place. That could also be Dr. Fauci right now. Yeah, it could, but it was totally Bernie. It's been Bernie for like the last four years, my guy. Like, and now I so appreciate him for not taking his name off the ballot because I really hope the remaining people who still have to vote take their votes seriously because this motherfucker just went on national media and suggested that you are disowning your race by not voting for him. Like, I'm not saying that everybody was going to go vote for Trump if they didn't vote for Joe, but, like, come the fuck on, Joe. You got to do better than that, my nigga. And that's why Barack told you not to fucking run in the first place. God damn, man. Like, this shit is pathetic. It is pathetic. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, I'm going to quote a book called uh, Watchmen by Alan Moore. Rorschach. The accumulated filth of all of their sex and murder will foam up about the wastes, and all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, save us. And I'll look down and whisper, okay, boomer. Damn. Damn, I didn't even know they were still printing Watchmen comics. Well, I mean, that's clearly uh, a meme, but... Oh, fair. Because I was going to say, hot take, total, total (laughs) riptide here, but uh, Rorschach... Overrated. I think he's fake deep. I think a lot of people that like. I think he's just fucked up. Exactly, and we we fell into that trap that we normally fall into in idolizing fucked up people, like Joker. the Joker or fucking uh, what's the Dio dude? Brando, the dude from American Psycho. Oh, um, Christian Bale. No, well, not Christian Bale, but, but I mean, like his character. Yeah. Like Gordon Gecko, Donald. 
Donald. Clearly, Donald fucking saw that movie. You know what's really creepy? People like, oh, people I could totally fetishizing Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship. That's that's literally Stockholm Syndrome. I was Syndrome just talking about abuse. that. I was just talking about that, son. Harley was a whole ass fucking doctor, yo. She was a whole ass doctor before the Joker came into her life with a degree in everything. And that just goes to show how smart the Joker is. By the way, that's another damn it. I have a uh, really fucking long paper on Patrick the Batman Bateman. and Joker. Patrick Bateman was the character's yeah. name. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's uh, really cute that they did American Cycle, Psycho and it's Patrick Bateman where Psycho was Norman Bates. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, do you think that was on purpose? Uh, probably. I feel like it would be a nomad. Yeah, knowing Hollywood, most likely it was probably... It was, it, I mean, like knowing people, writers, people do homages like that all the time. Like Eminem's recent album, like the album cover was uh, "Songs to Get Murdered By," and it was uh, the, the album cover was a reimagining of an Alfred Hitchcock picture. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, I totally didn't peep that because no offense to Eminem, but I'm just not a fan of his music like that. I'm okay. Okay, we can have this talk again. And We're then not we gonna go- have another Eminem talk. Yeah, I mean, don't at me, y'all. Like, I'm not saying that the, lyrically the nigga is a monster, but as far as his music goes, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. There are Eminem songs that I like. I love listening to Eminem, like, totally tear a track apart, but, but, am I putting Eminem songs in rotation? Not since the Slim Shady LP. And I'm not. <laughs> Slim Shady? You sure that that's all that that's like his first. You're not even going to Marshall Mather LP. I said what I said. Wow. I'm just being wow. problematic. Wow. <laughs> nah, nah. There are songs on the Marshall Mather LP that definitely go, and there are even a couple. Dear Doc, like, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling me. <laughs> I left my cell, my pager, <laughs> and my home phone at the bottom. Don't at me. Don't at me. We definitely cutting it off at the Eminem show, though. Like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. I mean, all right, that's I like some of the stuff that came out after Eminem show. Like, I love Marshall Mathers LP too. Yeah, okay, that one was good. I don't listen to it like all the time, but then again, I don't listen to Eminem like that all the time. But I remember listening to the album like a couple of times through. It's a really good album. Um, but I can understand you just like cutting them off after you know. Um, like the the Eminem show. Yeah. Okay. So Slim Shady LP, classic. Marshall Mathers LP, classic. Uh, Marshall Mathers LP two. That was good. Relapse. I like some song on. I like on relapse. relapse. Like yeah, I like Deja Vu and Same Song and Dance are two of the big ones off of Relapse. I love. Um, Kamikaze definitely had some fire on it. Yeah, and I still haven't heard music to get murdered by it. I thought that was a single up until just No, he, he, Eminem, the way he's been dropping albums, A, he's been dropping albums a lot recently, but he literally just, like, drops them on Twitter off of his personal account. He's like, here, have this. A lot of people do that now, and that shit pisses me off, yo. I mean, and not that I don't get it, because it just, it's a way to increase engagement. Like, you have to stay engaged with the artist in order to figure out when they're dropping new music. Also, anytime Eminem tweets in general, it's just like, boom, Eminem tweeted goes viral it's just that okay and like here's another hot take that those we- who speak few speak heavy mm, mm, deep deep here's a hot take though i think hip-hop has a problem where it is holding on to 
a bygone era. Not that that era shouldn't be respected, but I feel like the fact that we're still holding on to our M&Ms, our Jay-Zs and stuff like that, isn't allowing the way for new artists to really make headway like they should. I don't feel... Alright, so I don't feel that it's a bad thing for them to continue to make I don't either, but I feel like the hype around their music isn't leaving room for the artists that really deserve it. And I feel like they are being overshadowed by the industry machine and the push for the artists that the industry finds viable. Well, you also have to remember their fan bases are beyond immense. Yeah, because they grew, because uh, they came. Eminem up. could pick a concert venue, no matter how big the size, and it'll probably sell out. I'm going to overshoot the time and say within a day. I went to go see Ramstein in uh, on December 11, 2010. Uh, I woke up at co- at college one day, and my one of my best friends, Steve, he texted me and he said, "We're going to see Ramstein in New York," and I'm like, "Holy shit!" And then he told me that those he woke up early to get the tickets because they sold out in 15 minutes. I believe it. Because but, it, it was their first show on U.S. soil in 10 years because they were banned for uh, lighting a guy on fire. Willingly? Accidentally. Ah, and Ramstein was founded in 19... 19- yeah, okay, so once again, we are talking about artists that gain their popularity towards the end of an era, right? Like, that was the era before internet, before streams, before LimeWire, right? It was a lot easier to build a loyal following then than it is now because of, of this the, flood of information we have to deal with? This flood of content that is constantly tidal-waving towards us. Hey, everybody. By the way, some curated suggestions. Um, Mick Jenkins. Yeah, fuck with Mick. That's what I'm talking about, son. That's what I'm talking about. Fuck with Mick Jenkins. Fuck with Boogie from the West Side. I have an idea. Like, I have an idea. So you know I have that playlist that says, yeah, this is some shit Dan would like. You and I should make a Spotify playlist. And all we do is just pick songs and just throw it on there. And we'll put it as a pinned tweet on our Twitter. I fuck with it. I fuck with that. Or, or the other thing we were we can think about doing is putting a just public playlist and be like, our listeners put music on here. That's true too. Tell us what y'all are fucking with. Let us know what little pieces. We'll do of, both. We'll do both. Let us know what little pieces of drift that you guys have picked up in this flood that you guys really like, and you know help us. By the time we post this, Doc and I will come up with sixteen tracks each Ooh. and we'll throw it onto a playlist yeah I could get with that it'll probably be all over the place between the two of us <laughs> yeah. expect some hip hop expect some rap and at least one sad boy song and expect some rock expect some jazz I'm definitely getting in my R&B probably one video game music hey, and hey. I will put my favorite song on do you have a definitive favorite song Oof. I do I've had a definitive favorite song since 2011 what is it it's called Stand Inside Your Love by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm, mm. Mine is definitely Temptations by Tupac. Like, Ooh, good yeah, one. Yeah. Like, that's definitely like I a told you about my favorite Tupac song. It's the paid remix on <laughs> new NU Classics K L A S S I X 2. 
Hey, yo, my man Zig definitely been to a few co- few cookouts. <laughs> 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 because you only know the new mix classics. My favorite verse is from that song by Styles P. And then it's so wild that and you want to know what, where does Styles P, P from? D Block. The locks, though. You should have said the locks. See, I queued you up on this Fuck. so you would come on here and sound like now everybody's going to think I'm like coaching you. I don't have to coach him, ladies and gentlemen. We are authentic to who we are. But I'm still a white guy, so I can't get everything. Authentic right. to who we are. <laughs> it's like I said, you know, I'm, you know, I did. Oh, we got, who are some more examples of clear people? We only got Tom Hanks and. Uh, we never really even finished talking about Joe Biden, but that's why y'all love us because you come here. Bill Murray, clear person. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know, because the Lucy Lou's of the world might disagree with you on that. Mm, Jackie Chan. Yeah. Jackie Chan, clear person. Bruce Lee, clear person. Mm, no, he's definitively Asian. You think? Yes. How is Bruce Lee definitively Asian, but Jackie Chan is not, though? Rush Hour, dude. Yeah, but Bruce Lee is the guy that made it okay for Americans to practice martial arts. I mean, yeah, that's entirely true, but we think of Bruce Lee and we think of, like, Kung Fu, we think of Asian culture. You think of Jackie Chan, you think of Rush Hour. You think of Jackie Chan Adventures. Will Smith? Clear person. Will Smith is definitely a clear person. Uh, I feel like we need a, uh, a female clear person. Not Rihanna. Oof, no. Not Beyonce, either. See, black women are unapologetically yeah. black. Yeah. <laughs> Martha Stewart. Fair. Martha Stewart, Stewart is clear. Yep. By proximity with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Martha might have been clear before Snoop. <laughs> I mean, she is a fed. Or she, she, she did fed she time. Did, she did Takashi fed time without snitching on people. Takashi. <laughs> fed time. Confirm. Martha Stewart clear. But just to give you a definition, it is a clear person is somebody who fits in with all demographics and can pretty much do nothing wrong. Can can do. Anything and people will be like, not even well, could we do get anything. A clear person is somebody who knows how to transverse, transverse through different cultures without being offensive or code switching or code switching. Keanu, clear. I'm definitely saying Keanu Reeves is clear. Yo, Keanu Reeves is showing up in Brooklyn, Ben Stein, and getting all the love. Yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keanu is showing up in Mexico and they're just being like, John Wick, John Wick. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I kind of have to agree. Robert even Downey though, Jr. because? Even, you're going to say even Thunder, though. You're going to say even, even though. though. I'm going to say because of. That's my point. That's There are some black people who find that shit extremely offensive. But then there are other black people who are like, he Wait did that shit Wait a second, that so was released well. in 2008, and he did such a great job. Yo, that it he's was parodying, he's parodying over people that try too hard. The whole concept is a parody of, like, yeah, blackface, and it's, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get slammed for fucking apologizing for Robert Downey Jr., and I'm not, because I, I still think that the idea- It was an it, intentionally- Yes. Farce- it was a it, farce. Yes. Yes. Just like I said that I love Zoolander for being a farce. Tropic Thunder is a farce. It, you want and therefore Robert Downey Jr. is not even the most problematic character in that movie. It's Tom Cruise. Is it? Yes! 
it's Tom Cruise's portrayal of a fat Jewish. It's pretty Asian. bad. It is bad, but is it worse than blackface though? I mean, if we want to go, see, with this fat, is what we're right, talking this, about, this guys. Is, this, this is, is what something this... that I'm probably gonna have to edit out. But is it really different than the South Park Negro Plasty? What was that fucking movie? Wasn't there a movie where they did that shit? And the dude, like... No, it was a dude that started dressing like a girl. It was Joanna Man. No, not Joanna Man. There was a movie in the 80s where Homeboy dressed up like a black guy and, like, joined... Oh, God damn it! what was that movie? Alright, so we just watched this trailer for this 1980s movie, Soul Man, and holy shit, talk it, about problematic. It was Soul Man. The movie we were talking about, I was talking about. So what was the release was, here? They said it was the 1980s. Alright, let me go back, because I don't know, some of our older viewers may remember this, but our younger viewers definitely aren't going to remember this. In the 1980s, 1986, 1986. Wow. This is after this the rise goes, of, like, this guy Eddie goes Murphy. straight up. Blackface, Jerry Curl. Yo, it wasn't even good blackface. It wasn't even good blackface, dog. It It wasn't even a good Jerry Curl. That shit didn't shine. Man. So, you know, Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) definitely wasn't as bad as... Oh, no. Like, this guy is legitimately trying to be a black person. See Thomas Howell. I don't know where he is now, but I feel like Soul Man ruined his career. Like, how the fuck can you Eventually, I'm sure. How the fuck can you come back from that? Steve Miner. What else has Steve Miner? Oh, let's see. Hold on. The fucking producers of this shit. John Hughes didn't do shit that problematic. Steve Titch. What else has Steve Titch done? Masters of the Universe. Seven Pounds. Oh, God. He directed Seven Pounds. Wow, that's weird. And Or he produced that and The Equalizer. Wow, this that's dude, weird. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's look he probably that. wrote an I, I'm Sorry letter somewhere. Well, he's just the producer. You know, they get away. Look, just I mean, like I said on one of our, our they get away with whatever really early pieces, people would rather be sorry than wrong. Yep. This The director, Steve Miner, directed... Uh, some Friday the 13th sequels a bunch of horror movie sequels oh so they got a dude who directed a bunch of horror movie sequels to direct a horror movie <laughs> and it's and it's about a right. white guy trying to get into Harvard on a black scholarship let that sink in Man. I, we are right it's really there. weird that the 80s were like 40 years ago when the 80s were only like 20 years ago what are you talking about we living in the 80s now Donald Trump is president Oh, we're, we're, living in the, we're living back. in the, and this is really saying something. We're living in the dumb 80s. <laughs> God damn, could the 80s get any dumber? I mean, we had fucking Soul Man. Uh, the 80s, the, 80s, the 80s sucked. I mean, we got some great art out of the 80s, though. Did like, we? Did we? Classic music. Did we? Hip-hop was born in the 80s. I'm, I'm gonna give a shout-out to my boy Kenny. Because did we get a lot of great music out of the 80s? Yeah, nigga, that was the birth of hip-hop, grunge music. Grunge really hit the big time in the 90s. But it was the birth, though. Just like hip-hop hit. Jitterbug. Karma, 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 chameleon. Yeah, but you... <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. I'm good. Thanks. I'm, I'm good. 
Yeah, but you also had Run DMC, LL Cool J, like Poison. God damn, man! Like, don't let we gonna have to Quiet do Riot. We gonna have Def Leppard. These are all terrible. All right, I, I, I would. But you talk about rock bands though. That was like at the so that was like when rock is where hip hop is now. I just want to say God bless Twisted Sister for in, in the present moment of hair metal decided to make a troll hair metal band. I mean, like, didn't we get, like, The Clash in the 80s? Uh, I mean, yeah, The Clash were around. So, like, punk rock... 76, def- so, I mean... I just, I just, I just like shitting on the 80s, I'm, honestly. Because it, it's fun to shit on, because the 80s, like, it comes off as They so- got so crushed... Because the '90s, which were awesome, yeah. Because because the '80s was like really tacky. Things were still like new, so we were just doing things to this grandiose expense. That fucking flock of seagulls haircut, where it uh, came up like Wolverine on the sides, and then in the double lock, like they're in the Misfits in the front. In the '90s, when is when things got like really like refined and minimalist, and almost like surreal and edgy. Well, alternative rock '90s was like edgy '80s, like. Alternative rock kicked off in the 90s for real. Yeah, and gangster rap. Like, it took that fun kid and play shit and it spun it on its head. And that's when we came out with Eazy-E and fucking Nas and all that shit. God bless Nas. Hey, what would Jesus do? Nas, screw that. Would this let Nas down? Mm, Would (laughs) would this let Nas down? WTLND. Would this let Nas down? (laughs) We'll we'll get it we'll, we'll get t-shirts printed up. Yep, we'll get t-shirts printed up. Will we have to pay J Cole for that? Ooh. Will we have to pay Nas for that? Uh. We'll we'll work out we'll work out the legal issues and then yeah. we'll get the t-shirts printed up. Hey, what fair use? Fair use. <laughs> Man, it's so. What do you think the world is gonna look like after this? Cause I'm already hearing shit like. You know what? There is there is gonna be no normal after this for a while. We're gonna have to establish a new normal. Like movie theaters are shutting down permanently. AMC don't think they. I know we talked about that already. I don't know if we talked about the fact that they're saying this might be the end of like the buffet. So I don't know all you fat niggas out there, all you like broke college kids out there who was getting a smash on that. Old Country and Bob Evans and shit like that. Speaking of Smash, I'm pretty sure, like, it's gonna be hot, it's gonna be open season. Like, fucking Elmer Fudd. Are you talking about Smash Smash? <laughs> yeah, what the like, fuck? People are gonna is, be smashing yo, for home runs, It's gonna dog. be season of the thirst after this. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. They're talking about a second wave. It's gonna be a third wave happening for all the people of just children. getting nasty. Nah, not even that. COVID gonna hit three times because everybody gonna be in there slobbing each other the fuck down after this. Molly, ooh, the price on Molly gonna go up. <laughs> we can edit that out. No, we ain't. <laughs> Unapologetic. <laughs> we keeping it real out here. The streets is flooded and they really gonna be flooded after this. They was talking about bringing Freaknik back and everything. Man. Have you ever watched Freaknik, the cartoon? Fuck the cartoon, dog. Have you ever seen... I mean, shout out to the cartoon. The cartoon was dope. But go home and Google... Cartoon also bad problematic now. Go home... Yeah, fair. Everything pre... The booty levels are arising! Everything pre-2010 is mad problematic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But... 
At speaking, least we all still own it. Speaking of everything pre-2010, go home and Google old Freaknik video footage, son, and just watch watch that and then compare it to Spring Break video footage and you tell me which party you would rather be Because <laughs> free... Is it a cultural thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's problematic. So, like, there, there's all kinds of shit that we could get into, like, about that. Because then if you want to talk about cultural things, we'd have to talk about rape culture and the rape culture around that kind of shit. Not to, you know, be a downer at the party. I feel like we would need thing, a, but, uh, like, a woman on here for that. Yeah. But, but with all that being said, the, the party, though, I mean, who do you think throws the best parties? Because I've been to just about every party. Me too. Like... Me too. Um, man. Uh, white people with money throw really good parties. Yeah, that's fair. I've been white to people a, with money throw really good parties. I've been to a white rager before, and it's it's a rager. Like they have a DJ. They have lights out. They have they have fucking lasers yeah. and shit. Yeah. Uh, I will say, probably the most wild party I've been to is the black family that lives in the rich white neighborhood. Parents out of town party. Black people with money know how to get <laughs> Yo, Like they I'm have like even, a theater yeah. in the basement. My, yeah. my friend almost started like a race war in the goddamn dining room. Oh god damn it. God damn it. Like I'm running around and I'm just doing me you know like. Don't be that guy. Literally everyone. And my buddy my buddy Dip Dip. We don't have to edit that name out. My buddy Dip Dip, That's he's it, sitting it, it, it. he's sitting in the middle of the dining room, and everybody's talking about, like, white girls versus black girls, and they talk to him, Oof. and he's the only white guy in there, and they're like, what do you feel about black girls? And he's just like... Shut your mouth. <laughs> he, no, no don't he answer. answered. He answered. No, don't answer. He answered. You know what he said? They're either going to think you capping, or they going, you going to yeah, catch. You, you know what he said? What did he say? He was like... I don't know. It's all pink on the inside. Only correct answer. I, I t- only correct answer. <laughs> I also got this Mexican homie, and when they party, yo, his mom threw this baby shower. <laughs> I didn't know I was allowed to get that drunk at a baby shower. <laughs> all right, another really good party. A cookout. I'm not gonna lie. A yeah. cookout. Yeah. Cookouts are really fucking good parties. Yeah. Like, we joke about the cookout, but I've actually been to a cookout. Man. They're really fucking good parties. Yeah. It ain't nothing. Once, man. It's a certain set of jams that once they come on, you know the party is really getting started. And I don't got to name them because it's too many of them of too many different ranging aspects. But There's also cultural bangers that can get people going. But like, if you're I'm in a party about. full of white people, you know what you play and everybody pops off? Swedish House Mafia. I was going to say Journey. Sweet. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Because there is actually, believe it or not, clear people intermingled with the white people who are also very much done with Journey and... Um, I'm over it. Yeah. And uh, what's the other one? Come on, Eileen. Just like all these Caucasian anthems, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm done. Yeah, because we've been force-fed them for the last, I work like, weddings, dog. <laughs> you know how many rich white yeah. weddings I work? Oh, my God. It's like, what, the same 40 songs? Do you know how many <laughs> weddings I've been to where the couple's first dance song is Wagon Wheel? God damn. Like, please, people, stop being so basic. Yeah. Ew. Ew. 
Or is that proof that the song's emotional impact works? Both. But I guess. it still gets tired at some point. Extremely. Like, I'm fucking tired of hearing Mariah Carey at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, I shout I've out to Mariah, get them checks, but I'm the so past, tired like, of this shit. Four and years? if y'all play Robin, yeah, like, Mariah Carey, Michael Bublé, I'm tired of hearing you two at Christmas. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure over the past four years, I can easily say I've gone to 50 plus weddings. God damn, what are you, who, who are you, Vince Vaughn? No, like, I, I, I work as a, um, a side gig as a DJ's assistant. Oh, fair. So I, my job is basically to crash weddings. Vince Vaughn. No, I guess you would be, uh, what the fuck was the other white guy? God damn it, I'm so bad with white people names. Jesus Christ. We're all Ben Affleck. <laughs> no, you are definitely Benedict Cumberbatch. What? <laughs> <sighs> Things are weird. Life is weird. Did you ever know about, like, the abandoned village that was in, uh, Davidsonville? What? Did yeah. you Did you know we have a nudist colony? In I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the place on, like, uh, Chesterfield Road where it's all, yep. like, barbed wired up. Yep. I used to work... Oh, somebody we used to work with has parents who live in that nudist colony. I'm not gonna say their name on this podcast, but... <laughs> somebody we used to work with at CVS has parents. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yep. The, uh... No, but... The, uh... There was a neighborhood off of... Um... Shit, I can't remember the goddamn road. But... It's one of the back roads... Uh, on the way to high school. And... You pass this one neighborhood where if you go deep into the neighborhood... You mean... You park in the cul-de-sac and you walk up this one trail. There was, like, four or five completely abandoned, like, destroyed buildings. What? Like, I don't know. And they were just... A, they And they've been there forever. There were, like, oil drums and everything. So we, we used to go back there... And we might have like, to do a damn it on this one day. Let us know if y'all want us to do a damn it on weird Maryland shit. <laughs> I have countless ghost stories. <laughs> Not just ghost stories, but other weird things in Maryland that y'all want to... I mean, because, you know, the DMV is popping. Y'all should get to know us. We out here. You know, we could be just as live as New York City. We could be just as chill as at fucking Atlanta. Like, dead ass. <laughs> let us know. Hit us up. Tell but, us... So... Tell us what y'all like. There was uh, one, two... I'm using my photographic memory here real quick. Yeah. There were yeah. four buildings... And like one looked like a shed. This one looked like almost like um. I'm not gonna ask like a how you found this area shit. because explore it. You, you know, white shit. <laughs> I know. I, we're in a car and we're bored. And we have. I know, lived in the suburbs. I have plenty of white friends. Quarter tank of gas, one pistol, and an orange soda. So. All right, K dot. <laughs> I see you over here. <laughs> but, With the homies. <laughs> But, so, you know, one lucky night with the homies, and, uh... With the homies. We had... So we we would go back, and in this, like, uh, workshop building, there was, like, an oil drum. So we would, you know, just set, like, bonfires and hang out there. There was one oh, night shit. that actually we were there so late that I had to wake up my buddy Steve, and I was like, Steve, I have to go to high school. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, that's how horror movies start. Joe. So, no, but there was this one, like, mansion at the back. Uh-huh. So, we go, uh-huh. um, we go back, and it was, uh, we're walking through this this haunted mansion with, uh-huh. like, this, the Scooby-Doo music going in your head, like, doot, doot, doot. And, um, 
Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the floor like drops like two feet, and then you know after a the while, the entire floor. Yeah, second floor, first floor, first floor. Ooh, ooh, that's even worse. At least if you're on the second floor, then you land on the first floor. So <laughs> if you're we... on the first floor, you land in the basement, and <laughs> that's where all the bad shit happens. No, but like Listen so here, we stopped going Shyamalan, there for a bit. What the fuck? We stopped going there for, for a, bit, a little and bit. And we found for out for a that little bit. Other people who we might have talked to found out about it, and they ended up burning everything down. Oh, of course, because that's why we can never have nice things and tell people about them. Oh, did you hear about the uh, the church? All the people during COVID basically protesting inside the building by having uh, service there, and then that church has now since been burned down. What? Yeah. What? That's oh. some fucking Norwegian black metal shit. Guys, can we not burn down churches? Like, I get the idiocy of gathering together in a time like this, despite... And I also get gathering together in a time like this out of faith, because despite what's going on, right? But there's got to be a happy medium here somewhere, right? And let's stop, let's stop listening to people who are clearly... Just D-U-M-B. Clearly just trying to agitate and, like, add fuel to the fire. And we know who the fuck I'm talking about. I don't need to keep saying who the fuck I'm talking about. Because it's so obvious at this point that some people only exist to watch the world burn. (laughs) And... And not all of us want that to happen. We can put that drop. That's fair use as fuck. Yo. (laughs) So collectively, we're going to have to put our differences to the side here for a minute and just agree that we don't want to watch the world burn. We were all devastated when we watched Australia burn, and that's about to happen to the rest of the planet if we don't get our shit together. Were we listening to the experts? Well, Nobody can agree on who the fuck is an expert well, anymore. Well, there's, there's something I actually uh, stumbled across, and it was a, uh, a graph of techniques of science denial. There we go. Let's talk about it. So there are five major categories. Before I get into this, would you like me to go through five major categories? The or would art you like of... me to go through one category at a time and then each of the subcategories? We'll do one category at a time. Okay. The art of misinformation. All right, so techniques of science denial. Fake experts. Mm. Bulk fake experts, a magnified minority, or a fake debate. Once I saw on Fox News, they had uh, Doreen McKesson on, and then they had uh, somebody from the quote-unquote black sphere. Uh, Go ask the National Black Caucus. (laughs) And he just went everything counter to what DeRay McKesson said. Fox News is really good at this. They're really, they have perfected the art of false information. Like The making, black sphere? Yo, like, I'm not, can we, I don't want to, because it's so, it's already so, like, talked about, because it's absurd. It is absurd. One group of black people do not speak for the entirety of the black race. It's just not... <laughs> Just like one group of white people cannot encompass the entirety of the white spectrum. Please, please remember that. Please. <laughs> when it's time to storm the Bastille, you mean? 
But back to what we were talking about. Read them again. So, the fake experts would be bulk fake experts, where you just try to get a hive mind type of effect. Yeah. Uh, magnified minority, where you highlight something... You put something so far into the forefront that that's all somebody can focus on, even though that's... It's like the the, uh, the video on the internet where it was like, vaccines cause autism. Well, I have 1,000 cases that say they don't, yep. and one that says they do. Yep. I knew it. Yep. Yeah, okay. I and then gonna... uh, a fake debate where people would just muddy it with things that don't ben even Shapiro. Really Ben so, Shapiro. <laughs> the next one we have is logical fallacies. So you had ad hominem misrepresentation, ambiguity, mm-hmm. oversimplification, false analogy, red herrings, and the slippery slope. I don't feel like any of those really need to be going into. I feel like they're all kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, these are all for things maybe that like a slippery slope. learned in pretty much any ethics or philosophy class. But, oh, come on, we know a lot of people, and for our fans that haven't taken an ethics or a philosophy class, I mean, a lot of these are just techniques of misdirection. Okay, like, maybe the we same should break them down and just admit that we need to Google these before we look into them. Let's just do that. So after a little bit of Googling. So we can be more detailed and specific for you guys. So logical fallacies, ad hominem. By ad hominem, it is directed against a person rather than the position they are maintaining. So an example of that, saying, uh, but her emails. Yeah, exactly. Instead of bringing their policies into question and the positions they stand for, you say... But her emails. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, but the tape from the but bus. But to be begrudgingly balanced. That's why I said the, the, begrudging- the access Hollywood tapes. But the access Hollywood tapes. Begrudgingly balanced, but the Ukraine call. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of places to go with him, but that's, that's besides the point. But the thing is, is it muddies the argument with that hominem. Yeah, it. It brings somebody's It makes the defending argument force themselves into ad hominem. Yeah, it it takes a debate about morals and about a topic, and it brings the person who's arguing morals into question. Yeah. So, misrepresentation, uh, they said the straw man specifically, which is intentionally misrepresented proposition that is set up because it is easier to beat than an opponent's real argument. So, basically throwing it into whataboutism. Exactly. <laughs> but what about her emails? But what about her emails? And at, at this point, the only answer that, like, how many years has it been since that? Why does it still matter? And at the end of the day, like, there are other logical fallacies that we'll go into because they'll throw into oversimplification false analogies, or especially the red herring, which is a topic used to just distract the consciousness from the argument. Like the fucking FBI dropping aliens. (laughs) The next one would be impossible expectations with uh, 
constantly moving goalposts. Right, right. Yeah. Like, well, if we let this happen, then of course this is going to happen. Like, well, more like, oh, well, he needs to do, they need to do this first. Well, they haven't done this yet. Yeah, yeah, that kind of shit. But you brought up a good point that I think needs to be discussed as well along with discussing these techniques of science denial, as we'll call them, is how do we counteract these things? How do we determine whose credentials qualify them as an expert? How do we determine whether somebody's opinion on a topic is a red herring or not? So this is something that I have learned to be the most effective way to actually debate and have an argument with somebody is I don't declare my stance i force them to defend theirs by only asking questions that is extremely infuriating like i can tell you as somebody has taken a speech and debate class that that position is extremely infuriating but it is extremely effective yeah because i mean ultimately keeps happening or what i notice keeps happening with a lot of the discussions that are being held is people's emotions keep getting brought into and then it becomes with the the position of using questions if they try to go ad hominem on you you can simply keep your cadence and argument the same way by saying why are you asking me this question when i asked you this question yeah it keeps it allows you to keep the argument like on track one if you don't establish your position and you keep it ambi- and you keep it ambiguous, they can't attack you specifically. I mean, they can try. And if they and do, are, it turns into blatant ad hominem. I mean, to a degree, there are definitely techniques and ways to get around that. But I mean, it is a strong defense to come from in the very beginning. But like I said, also things that are also important are an establishing set of credentials that qualify a person and their opinion on a subject so that they can be outranked versus these editorials and these uh, what, are, what do they call these because they're not news announcers they're not news anchors anymore these figure talking heads. heads yeah these talking heads and shit like we've got to find a way to sift through the bullshit so the Next one would be uh, cherry picking, which is quote mining or finding anecdotal evidence. Right. And the last one, which is rampant right now, are conspiracy theories. So they use contradictory evidence, overriding suspicion, nefarious intent. Something must be wrong. They themselves are a persecuted victim. You hear that, QAnon? Their, Their conspiracy theories are immune to evidence. And the reinterpretation of randomness. That immune to evidence. Larry Wilmore had a great quote where he said, Conspiracy theorists deny the obvious, but expect you to accept the preposterous. That's fair. I agree. I agree. Because, as I was pointing out, that denial of evidence or what 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 was it that you said um immune to evidence the immune to evidence that is a huge problem right now because there's so much out there that nobody knows what's real and what's not anymore 
everything has become so synthetic the internet the social media like life is virtual right now virtual we exist in a virtual reality simulation and i don't mean the kind that elon musk and them were talking about we have cultivated and created this fake world around ourselves where like like i said reality tv we took real people and real life and we made it entertainment and now we don't know what's real anymore so what are the credentials for what's real like we can't even agree on whether the planet is flat or not <laughs> not that it should even be a debate and i know based on the way i said that y'all may think that i may think that the planet is flat i don't we all know it is a cube <laughs> but the fact that we even have to question whether the cube is all-knowing and all-powerful in itself is absurd. Like, we didn't spend 200 years coming out of what we proclaimed as, proclaimed as the Dark Ages <laughs> into this age of enlightenment <laughs> where we all decided, hey, let's not be crazy life makes sense for a little bit let's all come up with a set of standards and agreements and practices that we can all agree are the normal none of this is normal. what makes any of this shit i have not saying nearly enough in this episode uh, uh, you haven't sang for the last couple of episodes i sang a little bit in the past couple of episodes just a little bit not nearly enough though it's kind of like my thing I'm an alligator I'm a mama papa coming for you You know, I was actually talking to a friend of mine And I sang in front of him for the first time And he was like, holy shit, I got a buddy that records uh, I'm sending you, I'm calling, I'm FaceTiming him right now Uh, uh <laughs> What was that fucking movie? Born, uh, the, the, god damn it I'm gonna get dragged Cause I can never fucking remember anything <laughs> what was that? A Star is Born? Yes, yes, a Star is Born. I was gonna say Born to be a Star. <laughs> they could be like, what's wrong with him? He can never remember anything. He got Alzheimer's or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll call it. Nope. Nope, we're gonna have to edit that out. That was insensitive to people who really have Alzheimer's. I apologize. This is gonna follow a part that we just edited out. But I wanna say, you remember Ralphie May, rest in peace? Yeah. Ralphie May, he had that whole bit about retards. And he was like, retard happy. He was like, think about that. They are, like, the best orgasm in the world is like seven seconds of retard happy. Wow. Yep, I remember that bit. God, man. Like, everything before 2010. Like, it was a really everything. insensitive, like, I'm Hilarious. jealous of you. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's hilarious, though. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, wow. Like, wow, he really said that, son. But damn, that was some real shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Look. Man, you want to talk about someone fully unapologetic? That's that's someone we could aspire to be here at the Flood, is Ralphie May. Man, I don't know. Because clearly dude had problems, but it's still like... But we always knew who Ralphie May was. Yeah, it's something. There's something I admire Ralphie May, about. example of a clear person. Kevin Hart. Well, yeah, but I mean Ralphie May, like the whole like cuba diving, like 
go to a black movie. All right, so I'm not gonna lie. I went to go see a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie on opening release weekend at Arundel Mills at like Ooh. nine o'clock at night. And it was the best time. It was life. the best time I've ever had in movie theater. See, people always complain about black people talking in movie theaters, but it's like if you get the right crowd of people in a movie theater, then it's a good evening. Oh yeah, it's absolutely hysterical. I, I I always thought it was like kind of a joke, but then like the first time I heard, oh no, white girl, don't go in there. I was like, <laughs> I am fully plugged into this movie now. <laughs> yep. All I know is that I can catch rebounds and I have no problem taking shoulders to the chest. So I, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't say, you know, am good on the court, far from, but I will say I got respect on the court. Like, they'll be like, all right, he, he at least tries. He does his best. Yeah, he, he doesn't, we, like, he takes the meanest elbows and, and shoulders and he doesn't call foul. We, we respect <laughs> We respect effort. And I get rebounds. I really do get rebounds. And we respect tenacity. <laughs> My cardiovascular system may not let me go for very long, but man, when I'm going, I'm like the JaVale McGee of pickup. Hey. I was once playing against one of my uh, best friends, Keontae. He's, he's, he's a little dude. He was shooting, like, he's got a shot, and I was guarding him, Just and I straight up couldn't guard him because he was too short. <laughs> he could go underneath of my arms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are benefits to being a short guy. Like, I'm in that weird I, range I, where I, I'm not that short. I hate being as tall as I am. How tall are you? Six foot five. Damn. I want to be, like, like six two. I think I would be fine at six even. Like, if I get my... I'll be happy to be six foot five if I get myself back in shape and I start actually playing ball. And then you're a tall white... I mean, you're a tall white guy. Like... You get, even as lanky as you are, there's so many benefits that you get right off the bat. I'm not the last pick. (laughs) Ever. I'm definitely not the last pick. Ever. He's at least got handles, and he knows the foundation. Oh, handles, not at all. But I I definitely know the fundamentals. I know the triple threat position. (laughs) But, like I said, I I will take an elbow, I'll take a shoulder, and I will grab them rebounds. And I am not going to call a foul like a bitch. Like I said, we respect tenacity. I might call a foul after, like, you know, I took some clear, like, boom, bop, pow, like... One to the teeth. Yeah, like, like, are you going to be a bitch and call this foul? I might call a foul, like, after I've taken a couple of those. If you feel complete, It's totally fine to call a foul if you feel like you're being disrespected. Like, you know, just... I'm going to take a first couple of hits and fouls, though. Like, I'm going to do that just because I know I have to. You a freshman on the court, you're going to get, you know, hazed a little bit. Yeah. Like, that's just how it works. If you know, you know. I know how to put my hands up, straighten the air, and jump a little bit. If I'm six foot five and I shoot my hands up in the air, there's probably maybe a foot difference between the, the hoop and my hands. Fucking lucky bastard. Sitting over here seven i've had to be charming my entire life <laughs> oh i'm tall and charming sucks for you exactly and white <laughs> yeah and i don't look like a key stanfield mixed with gary Busey. yep yeah i mean exactly so i had to learn to be charming my entire life and rap and rap 
Oh man, have you? Oh god, have you seen Sorry for Bothering You? No. Oh man, you gotta. Watch I need it. to watch it though. I definitely yeah. know about it. It's like he had that like entire like beef with that guy where they were just complimenting each other yeah. and saying like have a nice day. Yo, that was a good scene. There's a whole like rap scene in there though that like I'm sure any black person who has seen this movie and has been in this situation before entirely understand what it feels like to be the only black guy at a white party and somebody says, "Hey, can you rap?" <laughs> so, Doc's rap style is kind of like if you take um, like Big Crit and you mix it with Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> This is a very odd way to put it, but I think <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I think that every people, time you're, you're like Lucky Stanfield. Yo, I think that people who have heard my music would probably agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. We got a guest coming on in a little bit. All right, so we have a new member of the crew here. We have Francois. How are you doing today, sir? Decent. Decent. All right, cool. Now, we wanted to try this new segment for introducing a guest. Now, everybody has those hashtag hills that they are going to die on. And, uh, you know, being the opinionated people Doc and I are, we want to know about the hill that you're going to die on, and we want to tell you if it floats or not. So, what's your island? Tell us. So, it's actually it's actually a quote that uh, I kind of model a lot of a lot of my life by. Is, uh, all right, we're getting deep. All right, all right. So, uh, quote, in my opinion, the best president is Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. Mm. Teddy, Teddy R. I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things I might I might be FDR, but Teddy is definitely a close. Tread softly, but carry a big stick. Yeah, everyone knows that one. And then my man set the wave, though. I love that he just had, like, the giant fleet, like, circling around Japan, just basically as the, like, holding his dick out on the table. I feel like every Republican has been chasing in his shadow. <laughs> like, well, see, that's the thing, man. Everyone everyone hits on the Republican versus Democrat thing. And really, the thing I like about Teddy Roosevelt versus other presidents was this man was just all about, dude, you get here... Bust your ass, work hard. Yeah, he was about America. <laughs> like, yeah, and, like mean, there was a whole authentically what America is. Yeah, there was a whole coal scandal, right? Where it was like um, they weren't being paid a fair wage. He literally yeah. rolled in there and was like, "Nah, that's not gonna happen." Yeah, that's no. not how we do things. He was all about the work, and that's why I like him and FDR because both of them were about investing in the American Working Party. Like both of them understood if both America's of them, both of them are ready to walk the lot. Well, really? one of you know what I mean. <laughs> Both of them understood that if America's middle class isn't, like, stable, then America isn't stable. Because yeah. at the end of the day, a kingdom is nothing without its people. Well, let's Ooh, start like... with this. Um, you and I know each other extremely well. So, while um, you're certainly not a conservative, I would like to say that you want gay couples to be able to t- protect their marijuana plants with guns. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, nothing against, uh, my whole mentality is, like... You're a constitutionalist. Yeah, like, and it, it's, it, everybody misconstrues that for, like, hardcore pro-Second Amendment, you know? No, I, I no. totally am with it. It's like, dude, I love seeing people exercise their rights, whatever right that might that might be, you know? Yeah. I, I love seeing it because it just further, like, 
demonstrates what this country is about. I always just love that you have a pocket constitution. Yeah, it's in the car. I yep. keep one in my glove box. <laughs> I told you, I'm not that kind of liberal. <laughs> can, you, can you find the Miranda rights in there? In the... No, I don't think they're in the pocket constitution. Uh, hmm. That was just a random question. Yeah, no. But anyway, what is the hill that you will die on? We will tell you yeah, if what it is floats. Quote? So, what is your island? So the quote which I base a model everything on is the first requisite of a good citizen in the Republic of ours is he shall be able and willing to pull his own weight. What I see that as is like, you have to be willing to shell out and put in the time, the blood, the sweat and the tears and endure the hardships to, to actually see something come out of it. You can't just get handed stuff. And, and for like, everybody to do that, it brings an uplift for everyone, right? Yeah, because like you, you got everyone has to stop looking at the person next door to them as like I got to do better than that person. I got to do better than this. It's like you got to do better than what you were doing yesterday. That's all you got to do. That that I can. And agree I feel with. like you. And I'm not a socialist. <laughs> You're a socialist. Like you, that sentiment actually picks up into how you see everything as well. Well, I mean, yeah, I can totally agree with that. Nobody for a system to work, we can't all of the hand pieces anybody. Have to work. Yeah, I was gonna say everybody's got to put their effort and everybody's got to put their hand in in order for this all to work. We're a society, so in order for this society to actually function the way it should, everybody's got to put in their bit of effort, and it's gonna take all of us paying our effort especially making the people who have benefited a lot from this shit paying back into the system that allowed them to become as wealthy as they are you know it's not about people like me and you or local business owners trying to you know it's not about them we're already paying enough that's my fucking problem with this whole shit yeah no and on that point right so like I would be classified as like what would be a, like a libertarian, right? Yeah. I don't want nor give a crap about government. Yeah. Because to me, a person should be able and have the skill set and the knowledge or have the want and ambition to pursue that yeah. to better themselves, you know? But Let's, let's take an example that, that you the, and I were just talking about. You wanted to do something in your backyard that the Homeowners Association was pushing back on. Oh, don't get me started on that shit. We don't found the ultimate loophole. On. We found the loophole. So, if the Homeowners Association says that you can't do like something, that. you just tell them that you're going to build anyway. a 40-foot yeah. ham radio transmitter tower into your backyard because according to the uh, U.S. Ham Radio Act, uh, we can double-check that and do a lighthouse spot on the actual name of the act next week. But um, homeowners associations are not allowed to stop you from building a radio tower on private property according, as long as you have something that is of value to broadcast. So I told him he can build see, the see, giant tower and broadcast our podcast. See, that's what the fuck I'm talking about, Joe. That is where I can get with libertarians because that is where government overreach is too fucking much. When you start to get into like the bureaucratic bullshit of I can't have a compost in my backyard or I can't collect rainwater. Or, or I can't make my I can, deck the way I want right, to. Yeah, like, but I can't build my deck the way I But I can build a fucking ham radio in my backyard. Like, that's fucking too much. That's where I understand like where people are like, no, the government is too fucking much. I don't have a problem with certain government assistances because 
we live in a capitalist like economy where capitalism in order to actually function needs something to capitalize on so there's always going to be somebody at the bottom end of this totem pole i really hope you take up uh, the hoa on that no so so here's the thing right everyone keeps saying we live in a capitalist society but it's only capitalist for the people who make enough money to make capital exactly no one in the middle <laughs> no small business and no like average run-of-the-mill american yeah. is a capitalist no you know we're we're and and to that point of i mean like, yeah not by definition but no, i mean yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. influenced by i mean we all operate under the rules of the people who are playing monopoly yeah with. yeah and and to your point right so like the, the 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 small business owner and the average American are getting taxed at a, at a ridiculously high oh, rate. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. And and it's what like thirty two percent, something like that, thirty five percent. Um, it's something dumb. I think I think if you, so I'm just using my income as a reference, but like anywhere from like over twenty four, twenty five thousand, all the way up to about. I want to say like seventy to seventy-two thousand is in the bracket of like upwards of it could be twenty-five percent, which yeah, is maybe that's ridiculous. Yeah, though. no, it is. But like, to be taxing twenty-five percent of twenty-four thousand dollars—that's a huge, yeah, that's like, a huge chunk of your. And and I'm in the I'm in the minority of the people who for, are for uh, like, quick math, everybody. That's six thousand dollars. Yeah. So like, my uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Who's like. The definition of like loony right wing. Got it. He goes, taxation is theft. Taxation is theft, and he's like ranting on and on about this because he's getting like destroyed. Not, with taxes is it, too. is mm-hmm. it Alex Jones level or is it like diet Alex Jones? It's is like it, diet Alex. Jones. Okay, so it's um fucking Russ Limbaugh. I wasn't gonna say the other one. Glenn Beck. No, but you're close. Sean Hannity. The one who got his show canceled, dude. Everyone. You uh, just- Bill O'Reilly? Yes, there you go. Everyone you just mentioned wears, like, tinfoil on their heads. I know. <laughs> yeah. But but Bill O'Reilly. Like, maybe even Bill. I I, li- I had a very simple comeback to my uncle, right? It's not that taxes are unjust. It is who they are being applied to and the rates they are being applied exactly. at. It is literally, it's not unconstitutional, it is literally in the Constitution. It is the whole reason we... <laughs> To, to tax people. Take, yeah. take this from two like, people that carry the Constitution with them. Yo, it is the whole reason that we said fuck England, right? Because we were paying all these crazy taxes and they were not benefiting us. It's not the fact that we were paying taxes. It's the fact that stupid things like paper and stamps and I just want to tea throw were being a foil. taxed. No, 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 no. Alright, so the tea thing? The tea, the, the tea Act. The real reason that they threw the Boston Tea Party is because the uh, the tea tax actually undercut the illegal smuggling of tea. So the Boston Tea Party was actually a revolt because they were fucking up their illegal tea smuggling. Well, business. crime rules the world. Like you can, if you look into like every like stable like to function quote, of law. To quote like, Lester Freeman, you follow drugs, you get drug addicts and drug dealers, but you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the fuck it's going to take you nation founded on bootleggers and people who didn't yeah, want to get thank told you. what to do. Thank you, my man. Oh, my man. You 
pirates, Dude, right? debtors, <laughs> and fucking religious nuts. Religious fanatics is what founded this country, and then we wonder why we are the way we fucking are. Alright, <laughs> like, so I just want to bring this back. I... The quote that My you man. said, where everyone carries their own weight, My I man. think it floats. Hey, yo. I, that, that floats. <laughs> I think that floats. Yeah, and, I have to agree. And here's the thing, right? To, to embellish that a little, right? It's not that I don't think assistance is needed in places. Hey, here's the key difference, right? So, like, to me, and this could be inaccurate, so this is openly opinion. Um... You have like the right wing and left wing, uh, left wing um, people. The the right wing people. We'll call them the mainstream right wing and left wing. Yeah, that that's be- uh, better phrasing. Um, but you have the right wing who want. We'll say main right, main left. Yeah, yeah, fair. yeah. That'll be easy. Yeah. Who want government intervention when it comes to? Um, more like core value, yeah, like, moral, like moral stability, yeah, and stuff like that. Like we're looking at like uh, the, all these people that are all gung ho on Planned Parenthood, yeah. they're like all yeah. after them and stuff, and like religion is. It has to be. It, that's a whole other debate, but um, yeah, it has to be separation there, and people are dumb, yep. but um, yep, no, that's and it. then there's the left side which they want government intervention and specifically social issues, which I don't have a problem with that. If you if you really look you like get down the nitty gritty with things, yeah, you start to look at the numbers in some of these situations. Yeah, and there's like I would say you're not be there to assist the people and yeah. help the people. I that funding that should be there. If my taxes are going towards something, exactly. I want to know that it's helping somebody. It's a me. function. If of you the pay people. taxes, you want the fire department to show up when your house is on fire. Fair, exactly. But I would say that floats. Yeah, I think that floats. I mean, I agree. Like if, as we discussed, if we're all expecting a system of government to work for us, then we all need to cooperatively work towards helping that thing function. Like, Hey, everybody, you can have ideological differences and still come to a compromise. And that's what this podcast is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, everybody, so we thank you all for listening. This is Doc. Or, this is Ziggy. This is Doc. Apparently. That is Doc. I'm Ziggy today, guys. Alright. (laughs) <laughs> anyway thank you francois for joining us anytime and i hope you guys have enjoyed another episode of the flood podcast and remember this is ziggy this is doc and, and none, none of this, this is normal look it's a flood it's flooding it's flooding get away quick we need to get to higher ground open the floodgates